Hey friends, welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. Today we're going to talk about rules and kids who violate their parents' rules, but probably not in the way you think. Listen on, and I hope you enjoy it. If you do, feel free to share this with three of your friends. Maybe grab a piece of paper and a pen and take some notes. All right, let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Uh, We are down to three weeks left in the year. I just find that unbelievable. I hope that your 2021 is winding up well. This time of year, I get a lot of emails, a lot of Facebook messages. I even ran into somebody at the store and, and they asked about it like, hey, can we talk about on the podcast? Can we talk about, uh, you, you know, with, with the holidays coming up, I don't really want to spend time with my relatives as much as my spouse does. I love my in-laws, but I don't like my bro- my husband's brother's wife. Or I love my in-laws, but I don't like my sister's husband, and it just seems like a waste for me to be there all day. Or my husband wants to go for eight hours, and I'm happier with four. Or, well, I don't think that's fair because she only wants to go see my family for four, but she'll go see her family for eight. What do we do? And I feel like I've answered these questions a lot the last two years, and so I've told everybody to this point, like, hey... Uh, maybe consider going to the website. If you don't know the website, it's joemartino.com. There's a tab at the top that says click here for, or just says podcast. Click on that. It'll take you to the podcast own website. And every episode that I've ever made, including the ones where I was like, hey, welcome to the show. There is no show today. Uh, In the beginning, I did that. Uh, (laughs) uh, Those are there too. But but if you search around Christmas and Thanksgiving the last two years, you'll see episodes that talk about those questions. And so I think I've emailed everybody back. I hope that uh, everyone that has reached out, that, that they've gotten an email back from me. Sometimes I miss emails. But I'm hoping that everyone who reached out to me with an email got, got something back that said, hey, go look there. And if you're listening today and you're hoping for that episode, I would encourage you to consider going and, and, and checking there first. And maybe by the end of the year, we'll put one up. It's unlikely. Um, I don't believe that I will be doing an episode. Well, I know I won't be doing an episode the week of Christmas. Uh, Well, the week between Christmas and New Year's, the week of the 27th. uh, I I will not be putting up a episode. So that would be actually Wednesday the 29th. I would say it's unlikely that there will be an episode on the 22nd. And there may or may not be an episode on the 5th. So those three weeks... I might just take a break and, and spend that time with my family and kind of orient myself for the year coming up. Uh, so we probably will take those uh, those three days, those three weeks off. Uh, if I don't, maybe one of those I'll, I'll drop in a topic there in regards to how do we handle holidays with family that we don't really want to spend time with. What I want to talk to you about today is parenting. And I've said this before, parent, talking about parenting, writing about parenting... It terrifies me. I have four kids. I'm still raising them. Uh, my oldest is is a freshman in college. My youngest is nine. Um, 
so, so when I talk about parenting or, or write about parenting, it does, there, there are elements of it that scare me. But I want to talk about something, these draconian rules that I see happening. And, you know, we used to talk about this when I was a kid. I used to meet regularly with, with other teenagers. When I say a kid, late teens, even in my college years. And we would talk about philosophies and, and our religious beliefs and those types of things. And, and there was an ancient writer who, who wrote once, don't exasperate your children to anger. And it's interesting to me how many people kind of balk when I push that. Like, hey, I, I feel like maybe, you know, because as a, as a counselor, a lot of times people will meet with me for parenting advice. And I'm like, I, have you considered that your child's behavior is a direct reflection of you, of, of your interaction with your child of your interactions with the people around you. In other words, your children tend to mirror your behaviors or your spouses. And I realize that's not 100% rule or 100% true. There are people, you know, I've met and, and, you know, different things happen. And immediately, because we are such a victim-centric mindset of a society, oh, so you're blaming me for my children's behavior? I mean, if the shoe fits, I am. And... It's okay. There's a difference between blame and responsibility, and we've lost that. We do not have that anymore. If, if you do something, like, and I've done this. I, I had to just last month, uh, I was playing a, a video game with my son. He, I scored a goal. We were playing hockey on the PlayStation against each other. I scored a goal. I got all excited, uh, you know, pretending like I was celebrating. He went to grab my arm, punched me in the eye. I yelled at him. Now, I, well, Joey punched in the eye. Yeah, but intent matters. That's a principle that I want my kids to learn. Intent does matter on, on stuff like that. On the other side, when we use, well, I intended to do it and I didn't, that doesn't matter. But he was trying to grab my arm. He's nine. He's, you, you know, I was moving. He was moving. And so the next day I had to go back and apologize because my kids need to not just hear me tell them to apologize, but they need to experience me and my wife apologizing to them when we're wrong. And so when I meet with parents, one of the questions I ask them is, do you think you have pushed your child to anger? Well, that's stupid. I'm the parent. Okay. Now, part of it is kids grow up a little bit angry, right? As their chemicals in their bodies pour in, they don't really know what to do with them. And, and anger is a cover-up emotion. When we don't know what we're doing, we tend to avoid it. We tend to withdraw from it. Uh, this is true in kids. It's true in teens. It's true in, in young adults. It's true in old adults. Uh, the things that we don't understand, we tend to withdraw. The things that we think maybe we couldn't do, we, we don't understand, we pull away from. And if we feel really inadequate, anger kicks in because it is the cover-up emotion. But here's a question that then I ask people after they get done being mad at me because I ask them, did they push their kids to anger? How many of your rules are because it's helping your child become a better adult? And how many of your rules are because of fear on your part or fear... Uh, on in the process, or you don't understand the, the thing that we're talking about. And obviously, part of this is devices. I cannot tell you what, what spawned this, this, the idea for this episode was my daughter was talking to me about somebody she was snapping on Snapchat. And I was like, wait, what? Her, her parents let her get Snapchat? And she was like, no. Every day when she goes home, she deletes it uh, before her parents check her phone. And then the next morning, she uploads it or she downloads it and starts using it again. And, and it's interesting. I hear this story a lot. You know, parents have all these rules 
No devices. No screens. And and what happens invariably is the kids borrow somebody else's phone. Um, my daughters were telling me about friends that they had that would say to them, hey, can I borrow your phone so I can download Snapchat or so I can sign you out of Snapchat and sign me into it so I can talk to my friends real quick. Uh, I, I know of a, a counselor that has a client that his parents have banned him from any and all devices. And what he does is he tells his parents he's gone for a run and he, he runs to the library, gets on their computers and messages his friends there and then runs home. And, and invariably when I tell these stories... What's interesting to me is parents are like, well, those kids are terrible, terrible. For, for those of you who are younger, that's how Charles Barkley says terrible. And Charles Barkley is a former NBA player that played when I was a kid. I don't watch the NBA anymore, so I don't know who to, who to mimic uh, in the NBA today. And I always stop and ask, yeah, but what about the parents? Like, maybe the parents have rules that are exasperating their children to anger, and they shouldn't. And I think the part that we're missing here is the kids can be held accountable and responsible for violating rules, and the parents can be held accountable for having rules that are not actually helpful rules. In other words, both parties can be questioned. I think about this all the time with schools. It always amazes me when people are like, well, the schools are in charge, so they get to make decisions. Yeah, but, but you can follow the rules while they're in place and still challenge them. And you can. there are such things as bad rules. There are such things as bad interventions. There are such things as, as systems that are self-perpetuating problems for the people that they're supposed to be helping and growing. And I'm sorry, if your kid is deleting an app to communicate with their friends and then coming back to it, you've lost. <laughs> you've lost because the thing is, they're hiding it from you. I don't like memes a whole Like, I think they're funny, but I don't find a lot of life value in them. There is one that I think about a lot. I don't ever want my kids, and most parents would agree with this. When I, when I talk to them in the room, most parents agree with this. I don't ever want my kids to be like, oh, crap, I can't tell dad what just happened, because he'll kill me. I would rather be like, oh crap, I just screwed up. I need to call dad because he can help me. Okay, so what makes good rules? Well, one, rules need to be age appropriate. They need You need to figure out what the rules are. Is it because of something that you don't understand, right? And I'll admit, I'm a little sensitive to this with modern day technology. And A, because I just think it's totally ridiculous. All the arguments we hear about technology, I've said this before, I'll say it again. You've heard about everything that's come down the line, from novels to TV to everything. When I was a kid, I grew up in a culture where music was the whipping boy. And there were certain notes that could cause you to do bad things. Uh, I even had one guy tell me, and he to this day believes this. I actually reached out before the recording of this episode and said, hey, you remember when you told me this? Do you still believe it? And it wasn't quite that short, right? But he absolutely, that there are certain notes they can hit on an electric guitar that will cause you to pee, and therefore an electric guitar is evil. Now, most of my friends listening to this episode are going to laugh when they hear that. I'll say it one more time so you can laugh. There's notes on the electric guitar that if the, the, if the musician plays them, they can make you pee, and therefore uh, electric guitars are evil. I want to ask you the question, what's the functional difference between that and your rules for your children about screen time? Because usually the screen time argument is, well, they could do really bad things, and so therefore screens are evil. Well, hold on. One of the realities is that's how most kids text nowadays, right? Well, Joe, you're just pro-technology. I am pro-technology because it's here to stay, 
But the thing of it is, is what I'm more of is pro-teaching our kids how to use it. Now, that doesn't mean that they should have unfettered access to it. Right? We can't get caught up in all-or-nothing thinking. There has to be a balance there. But so your rules need to come from a place that you can clearly see how, the benef- how it benefits your children. Right? One, of the, one of the issues I have with schools that just drives me nuts. Right now, my, my local high school, some freshmen did some stupid things. So freshmen are banned from having cell phones in the school. That's not going to work. It's not going to work. Kids who are willing to break the rules are going to break the rules. And so go, go look up my episode on, on don't do anything. We shouldn't do anything just for the sake of doing something. We need to ask ourselves, what's the probability of the right outcome for what I'm doing? And we can sit still. Now, in, in our society, we can't. We have to be, we're a society that, well, we have to be doing something. Okay, but what if what we're doing isn't going to get us where we want to go? And that's the question that I have for parents. My question for parents is, what's your number one job? And they'll often say it's to keep my kids safe. And I'm going to say, no, your number one job is to build a relationship with your children. Well, I have a relationship. I'm their father. I'm their mother. No, you don't. And if you think you do, you need to come visit me. Not just because of that, I should say. You, you get the start because of that. But to actually build a relationship requires work. And here's the thing. You're going to have to have rules that they get mad about. I get that. I'm not, I'm not anti-rules. I am anti-draconian rules. I am anti-rules that are more about the parent's peace of mind than the child's development. So this first question is, where is my rule coming from? And then, how does it develop my child into the adult that I want them to be? And sometimes, I'm not going to argue this. I agree with you. Yes, I am preparing for the arguments that I imagine are coming in emails. Sometimes the preparation is just, I need my children to be uh, adults who are accustomed to following instructions from people that are above them. Yes, that's important. The problem that I see as a therapist is I think a lot of people make rules that they think cut out the necessity for following up. Well, if I just say that the phone has to be, it's taken away for 17 months, I don't have to bother following up for 17 months. That's foolhardy. You still have to follow up. So if you're going to follow up, why not follow up in a way that teaches your child how to use something that can be used for both good or bad? And then the, the question is, is this just about me in the moment? One of the things that I, I often, when I talk to parent, parents of younger children, they're like, well, they don't listen to me, so I spank them. Uh, uh, at two? Yes. Does that stop them from crying? No, but then I just let them cry. So when you're done spanking them, you ignore the crying, correct? Yes. Well, then maybe just ignore the crying before you spank them. Well, he's 10 months old and he is, he's just manipulating you to hold him. Bad news there, child expert. 10 months old don't know how to manipulate. Well, they know how to cry and you pick them up and they stop crying. Right? Because crying is the only way that they know how to communicate. It would be like saying to someone who doesn't speak English that they are just manipulating you because they're speaking the language that is their native tongue. It's... I'm sorry. I I really thought this was going to be a calmer episode. I I just... bro, Bro, as the kids say. Bro. That is not how it works. And, and my conservative friends with your religious schools, you're exasperating the problem because you're setting up systems that are more about making automated responses rather than developing thinking. I'm just going to throw that out there and let the chips fall where they fall. Okay, so we start with where's the rule coming from? 
Then we ask ourselves, is it, is it about the child's development? And then the third question is, can I explain in relatively speaking two or three sentences the, the, uh, the reasoning to my child? Well, Joe, I shouldn't have to explain myself to my child. I don't always disagree with that. But I do think it, having the capability of, ex- of explaining it is helpful because then you know why you're doing what you're doing. But it requires more work. It requires more work. I'm convinced most of us approach life passive-aggressively because we feel overwhelmed. There's so many things going on, and it's just so hard. Yeah. And, and it, it, which leads me to the next question, and we're going to kind of talk about them at the same time. What do you expect? Right? So with my kids, I expect that I'm going to have to tell them numerous times, hey, look, we got to do it this way. Hey, look, we got to do it this way. I don't learn things on the first run. Do you really? Do you really learn things on the first run? If you do, congratulations, you're unique, though. You're not average. And maybe that's just it. Maybe I'm just average, and so I expect my kids to be average. And and, and then I expect, you know, that most people, because average means most people, that's where we'll run. We'll have to explain ourselves over and over again to our kids because that's how they grow. That's how they develop. And and so what do you expect, right? If I have a two-year-old, I expect them to really kind of throw temper tantrums. If I have a 12-year-old, I expect them to struggle to handle their emotions. Quite frankly, that one I expect all through the years because that's true for adults. Now, I expect that it'll look different for my 19-year-old than it does my 9-year-old. But I'm still going to have to say to both of them at some point, like, hey, we're, we don't do it that way. Hey, hey, reel it in here. Let's talk. If my first primary mission is to build relationship with my children so that I can raise adults, not children... I have to have rules for myself about my rules. And one of those rules is I do not want to exasperate my children to anger. I don't want rules that exist because of my insecurities. I have insecurities. You have insecurities. We need to recognize that and we need to make we need to try to pull those insecurities out of our relationships or out of our rules for our children so that we can best facilitate growth in our children to become the adults that we want them to be. Where do the rules come from? What's the reasoning behind the rule? Can I explain the rule? And then what do I expect? If you utilize those four questions, we can get better at this. Yes, I have rules like right now, today, I assume my one daughter is going to be angry with me because I think she wants to do something after school, and the answer is going to be no, not until you go home and do the chore that you didn't do this morning before you left for school that I talked to you about last night. Well, Joe, you should discipline her, punish her. Why? If the chore gets done and it crimps her schedule, it's not about me exerting my authority. Yes, I have the authority, but I don't need to exert it. Well, Joe, you are. Yes, I agree. So let me, I guess I should rephrase it. See, look, I'm arguing with myself and and I'm changing my opinion. I do have to exert my authority, but I have to do it in the appropriate way. Where love is the primary emotion that's being conveyed. Even if there are consequences. I I like that. That was not in my script, and I think I like that better than what was in my script. All right, so four questions that I hope will help you deal with the rules that you set up for your children, the rules that your school sets up that I hope will help you. Like as parents, as educators, as as people in charge of little ones, we have to 
take responsibility for our own. We need to take ownership of our own responsibility for the rules that we create and how we implement them. That's just as important as our children obeying us. Because as Kettering said, one of my favorite quotes, all people must, he said men, all people must realize that their children will follow their example and rarely their advice. All right, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please share it with at least three people. There is a benefit to us in sharing things with people. There's a benefit to us if we make things about more than just us. So by sharing it with three people, you're getting a benefit. Hopefully they're getting a benefit. And to be honest with you, my show's getting a benefit. All right, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.